clearly communicate the desired outcome that you want. I think that's the one of the key pillars to have a strong communication and be efficient into what, in what you do. Welcome to Honest E-Commerce, where we're dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And I believe running an online business does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, Electric Eye is here to help. To apply to work with us, visit electriceye.io slash connect to learn more. Now let's get on with the show. Do you want to deliver marketing moments that last a lifetime? Klaviyo is the ultimate marketing platform for e-commerce. With targeted segmentation, email automation, SMS marketing, and more, Klaviyo helps you create your ideal customer experience. See why Klaviyo is trusted by more than 50,000 brands like Living Proof, Solo Stove, and Huckberry. Keep your customers coming back. Get a free trial at klaviyo.com slash honest. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest E-Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, we're going to talk about a topic that comes up all the time. So I'm super excited to have someone here on the brand side to chat about it. And that topic is A-B testing. Uh, and we're going to walk through a few ways to do that with you know doing it yourself, You know when you have a smaller budget, and then kind of when you start working with a marketing team or a marketing an agency partner, uh, as you will. Uh, so we're going to talk about Nico... Uh, sorry, we're going to talk about CRO today with Nico from Kettle and Fire. Welcome to the show. Hi, Chase. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I think we are going to talk about Nico as well. So let's let's get into your background. <laughs> well, well, you know, what's what's uh, kind of your journey here uh, in e-commerce and how'd you end up at Kettle and Fire? Yeah, sure. So basically, actually, I started to work for Kettle and Fire almost, uh, almost three years ago now, initially just as a contractor. So purely focused into A-B testing. I got in touch with Wilson via Upwork back in the days and then I started to work from there. And then slowly after, I think around six, eight months or maybe, yes, eight months, then I switch full time. So and then I joined Kettle and Fire, part of the growth team, handling more and more tasks from you know conversion optimization. Right now, handling also some uh, Amazon side, doing A/B testing even on Amazon side actually, and uh, but mainly focusing to the DTC side, uh, conversion rate optimization, and uh, Amazon retail management side as well. That's awesome, and that kind of just goes to prove that you can land some amazing clients through those. You know, marketplaces like Upwork and Fiverr and all that, and you know, you you've kind of made the jump from just being a contractor on one of those places, and now you're on the team. So that's like that's a cool little part of the story there. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are on the consultant side, and they're like, oh, I don't know if I like those marketplaces or not. But sounds like you you got a success story from it. Oh yes, for sure. Also because I'm based in Amsterdam, even if right now I'm in Italy, and uh, for me it was the only uh, way to actually, you know, get in touch with some Americans' client and so on. So I think that you know that opens the door also to a bunch of other possibilities as well, and meet super interesting and smart people to work with, and uh, you know build a really good relationship with your client and then grow together. Absolutely. Since 2004, Avalara's vision has been to harness the power of cloud technology to help simplify sales tax for businesses of all sizes. Avalara solutions are designed to affordably scale with businesses as they grow over time. Tax compliance is not a revenue-generating activity. So, Avalara's technology is designed to help you manage compliance as efficiently and accurately as possible so you can reclaim your valuable time and reduce risk in your business. 
With more than 1,000 signed partner integrations, Avalara likely integrates with the ERP, e-commerce, mobile payment, and point-of-sale systems you use today. Find out how your business can be sales tax ready at avalara.com slash honest. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Avalara. Tax compliance done right. So let's kind of talk about... Uh... You know the beginning of the journey here. You know what did it look like back when you were uh, just you know when you were a contractor and you were kind of getting started and just poking around with with A B testing or and a CRO for Kettle and Fire. Like kind of where did you start? Had they done anything historically? Um, you know, I guess what's it look like when you're starting? Yes. So um, if I remember correctly, actually, when I started, they also had an agency that was only focusing to A-B testing for them and uh, do all the conversion rate optimization part. And then, but I think then they stopped working with them. So in that moment is when I joined Kettle and Fire and start to do A-B testing. So in back in the time, we were using VWO, uh, you know, because it's a more advanced tool to do A-B testing. And I think Google Optimize wasn't as good as it is right now. So we were doing mainly um, site-wise testing. So basically server-side testing where we test a bunch of different uh, uh, or landing pages or as well as, you know, a big modification on the website. Even though with other tools like Unbounce, you can run, you know, specific A-B testing for specific landing pages. But then from the uh, site-wide perspective, there was really not much going on. So when I, then I joined Kettle and Fire, we started to do some, you know, really heavy, uh, let's say, A-B testing site-wise. Also because, I mean, we still have a development agency involved that could provide potentially, you know, a completely different experience on site uh, and giving the user, you know, two, two paths and two uh, different uh, um, funnels to test with. So back then, then I started, you know, to implement more and more testings, testing even pricing, which is, you know, really difficult actually to do that on Shopify, get even, you know, a build the box concept tested out. So where customer actually one part, one, you know, type of customer were looking at the website and seeing just a normal website where you just add to cart and then another type of customer where meanwhile into this specific build the box funnel where they need to build their box to get it uh, every month. So that's pretty much uh, how the journey was looked like back then. And then from there, we start to improve, improve, improve. And we switch actually, uh, I think a year ago from BWO in terms of tools from BWO to Google Optimize because uh, most of the tests that we are doing on the main site are actually um, site-wise tests. So server-side and tests where we require development. And so mainly our split testing, basically. So either way, I think that in the current stage, Google Optimize is more than enough than Google Optimize to actually improve the uh, main metrics of the site. Oh, yeah. You, you, you mentioned a lot of really useful information in there. And I think the first thing I want to point out is you are a conversion rate optimization specialist with a, a, an amazing track record. But you are not a developer. And I think a lot of people assume that it's almost one and the same, especially because of it, you know, it's data, it's numbers. Uh, but I do want to highlight it. It's something I see all the time that people don't realize that just because someone can develop doesn't mean that they can run CRO and vice versa. And actually finding someone that does both is a pretty big rarity that I have found. Oh, yes, for sure. Also, because there's two different mindsets sometimes, you know, for sure. 
if you do conversion rate optimization, it's good that you can code or at least, you know, know some JavaScript, know some HTML, CSS, if you want to do some small front-end testing that doesn't require, you know, a really uh, skilled developer. But uh, it's not the same, you know, like uh, when you work as a conversion rate optimization and uh, you look at the data and then get the developers potentially to get uh, a new landing page design, a new funnel design, change the pricing the back end via query string and so on. So this is not really the same and finding someone that actually have both skill set would, would be great overall. But most of the time, you know, a developer, it's mainly focused into the development side and not as much as in the analytical side of uh, the CRO part. Yeah, yeah, we've got a few partners out there in the ecosystem that do CRO, but they'll just be like, "Yeah, you got to work with a, another agency to actually implement these tests and help you build out, you know, the development side of this stuff." Uh, so we, you know, oftentimes that that's how introductions happen there. Now, you mentioned something else earlier about testing landing pages on Unbounce. How does that incorporate with Shopify? Like how well do they play together? Uh, are there any oddities of using that as like kind of your first step of the process to kind of get some A-B tests done? You know, what's your, I guess, experience and suggestions with using something like Unbounce to kind of be a more DIY approach? Yeah, so I'm a big fan actually of Unbounce because it allows you to build up a landing page pretty quickly and which which looks nice overall. And I think it's the perfect way if you want to get tested specifically on the copy standpoint, because most of the time I would say when you look at a landing page, the copywriting is really, really important. So if you have two different landing pages talking about a product with two different maybe um, copywriting, two different text, uh, the result is going to be completely different. You know, even if you keep the design, uh, e- even if you keep the design the same. And Unbounce is great if you want to get uh, or small things tested or even price tested or as well as I mentioned before, copywriting get tested. When you work with Shopify and Unbounce, it's pretty simple because Shopify allow you to get the permalink of a product. So basically um, a link that you just copy and paste on the on Unbounce on the product call to action. And when the customer click on that link, got redirected straight to uh, the Shopify checkout. Or you can use you know external tools like Cartook, for example, that their own checkout. So um, you can same thing, just copy paste the link of the product, and which redirect you straight to the checkout. So overall, I think Unbounce is great to get tested at the beginning, even if you have some specific concept idea or even product idea, you know, you have a product in mind, you are trying to launch your product. Sometimes it's not needed to have even a store. You can try to do that with Unbounce and just see how is the the reaction of the potential customers and then build a store afterward. Or if you want to test a new type of communication, you can do that on Unbounce. And when you are sure about the result, then you implement that site-wise and you transfer the learnings on your main site. Oh yeah, that's a that's a bunch of great advice. What do all e-commerce stores have in common? That's right, customers. And those customers are going to have questions. Gorgeous is the leading e-commerce help desk with over 5,500 customers on Shopify, Magento, and BigCommerce. Their software is built with machine learning to optimize your support system and allow your team to save time and money on repetitive inquiries while still remaining personalized. What it does is take all of your customers' insights and information, brings it into their amazing dashboard so you can solve your customer's problem as quickly as possible. If you want to give Gorgeous a try, visit gorgeous.grsm.io honest to get your second month free. 
That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot G-R-S-M dot I-O slash H-O-N-E-S-T. So when you're talking about building out these landing pages, these are more driven by funnels is what you were mentioning. So these would be like essentially where you're sending the traffic from say a Facebook advertisement or uh, is this something you're trying to rank on Google for for SEO? Um, and so this is different than people that are visiting just like you know the main domain.com and browsing around. It's a completely different experience. Yeah, that's correct. We have a completely different experience because mainly, uh, you know, those landing pages are used, you know, could be either cold traffic or warm traffic, but mainly from advertisements. So for example, yes, as you mentioned, Facebook ads or even uh, some Google AdWords or even, you know, affiliate potentially. If you're, if you have affiliate and you want to give them a specific landing page only for them with the, I don't know, their, uh, even their images and so on, that would be a great tool to have unbounced. So you don't need to have a completely customized page on Shopify to do that. Yeah, I, I can understand. There's also, you know, I would point out that it is, there is something to be said that the, these unbounced tools usually aren't the quickest because they're managing iterations of content. Uh, and I'm not saying they're built clunky by any means. They're usually pretty snappy, but like if you like run them through a page speed thing, you're probably going to be sad about it. But oh yeah, you know, optimizing for page speed is something you do after you find a winning, you know, iteration. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I agree. Actually, we were looking at some of uh, the unbounced pages later on, and we noticed that you know they're not the fastest, but it's an initial, let's say, touch point that helps you to get an understanding if the direction that you are planning to take is the right one at least. And then you transfer, as I mentioned, the learning on the main side. So you say, okay, this specific copy angle is really working well, or this specific you know, uh, testimonial is really working well. Okay, let's try to incorporate this into the main side so that all direct traffic, organic traffic, and so on is going to benefit from it. Yeah. So you're going to then essentially be like, here's what we learned. And then you take it to the team and be like, all right, now make this work within our Shopify theme, custom develop, you know, whatever needs to happen here. Um, when you're testing pages, are you, are you normally testing just down to the product level? Or are you also doing collection level? Uh, what, uh, what are some of the things that you're testing? Usually, it's based on the impact that this can have at the bottom line. So in terms of revenue, so potentially, uh, you know, like on average, I would say in a store, the key pages are always the home page, the product page, collection page, and then uh, down to cart page and checkout. So usually it really depends where, you know, where the problem is sometimes or which one is the area that you want to optimize. And then you focus into that specific area, into that specific page. So it really depends every time, you know, every time is different. And then you can potentially start by building some sort of framework and estimate, for example, okay, if we are going to do something on the collection page, then you set an hypothesis and decide, okay, why should we test something on the uh, collection page? What did we analyze before that need to be improved and why? And also how much is going to cost from a you know development standpoint even uh, maybe you need new copy standpoint new images and so on so you kind of value the uh, return on, on your investment in that case yeah i always like looking at uh kind of how the funnel breaks down and you can do this through google analytics i'm curious at how you guys do it but yeah you can you can get pretty granular in google analytics and start to see where people are dropping off and you know be like oh there seems to be a bigger drop off on our collection page than the rest of the funnel there must be something going on here and then you know you can do some user testing and kind of get to the bottom of it you know sometimes you're just so close to your own website that you don't know 
Oh, yes, for sure. I, I totally agree, actually. And that's why sometimes, you know, even get helps from external agency, it's really valuable because sometimes uh, you spend so much time on your uh, on your website that you don't maybe see any more uh, what else can be done. And because you keep focusing on the same thing, maybe over and over again, and sometimes get a new uh, pair of eyes, you know, a fresh look at your website and at your data and at your uh, qualitative feedback, it's really useful to get also some new ideas, new uh, testing ideas, and uh, you know, new insight that maybe before you couldn't you couldn't see. Oh, that's that's fantastic advice. I I think getting a, a, another opinion on kind of what you're doing, a it can help you get rid of like kind of the analysis paralysis. If like they're what they have to say is pretty in line with the, what you've already discovered internally with your team, uh, but b it might point something out that you guys just weren't looking at because it just wasn't like top of mind for you because you were probably focused somewhere else in the funnel or or in some other channel. So yeah, always getting a second opinion is useful. Uh, I, it's funny you say that because. Because it seems like lately we've gotten a bunch of people reaching out to us, like, "Hey, like, yeah, we have some teams already, but we just want, like, you know, can you audit some stuff for us? And you know, what do you think?" And we're like, "I mean, this sounds fun. Strategy is the best." <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, but uh, yes, that's totally, you know, totally the right point. Because when you spend so much time on on that website, you know, and on that product, you sometimes, you know, miss some opportunities that uh, you couldn't see before. Yeah. Plus, e-commerce is like just rapidly evolving right now and there's so many cool new uh like tools that are coming to the table for people especially in the Shopify ecosystem um so it's pretty pretty fun to be in this ecosystem for myself nobody likes insurance but everybody should have it mistakes do happen our partner rewind can protect your Shopify store with automated backups of your most important data Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Trusted by over 70,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest online retailers like Gymshark, Gatorade, and Movement Watches. Best of all, respond to any of their welcome emails and mention Honest E-Commerce to get your first month absolutely free. So um, I do want to pivot the conversation just a little bit now because we kind of touched on it a little bit before. But um, you are in-house at Kettle and Fire, but you are partnered with some external agencies. And let's talk about kind of how you handle that relationship and kind of set and level expectations for people out there that are uh, you know just one step behind you. Like, what should they be kind of under? How should they go into it, and what should they know? Yes, yeah, so uh, we have an external agency that manages the development and design, and then we have some uh, uh, junior developer in-house and designer as well. So it's pretty uh, could be you know very challenging sometimes to manage an external agency, especially also when uh, you are all remote. You know, you don't uh, you're not you're not next door, so that you can uh, easily communicate. And so talking about communication, that's that's exactly what needs to be uh, perfect. Communication it's really really important, especially while you're being remote. The agency is remote as well, so clearly communicate the desired outcome that you want. I think that's the one of the key pillars to have a strong communication and be efficient into what, in what you do. And then, you know, practice and good organization make it perfect over time. So being organized and a clear communication toward the developer, it's the, the key. And then when they understand what you're looking for, so, okay, I'm looking for uh, building those a specific split test once, I don't know, every two weeks with this concept that uh, you need to provide design and then development. Okay, they get into the kind of routine. And so then uh, also the, the outcome is always better and better and better. 
Yeah, I can agree with a lot of that stuff, especially uh, when you get started with working with a partner. Uh, does it could be a main agency, it could be a copywriter, it could be in, in email. It doesn't matter. Is you need to have a, a a really solid kickoff call with them, or it can be called whatever. You know what I mean? But that first interaction, you should definitely almost lay down the law of like, hey, this is how we like to communicate. These are the tools that we like to use, and we're going to add you to all these tools because that's how our team works most efficiently. You know, now that we're doing this more and more, partnering with other agencies and stuff, like we're even talking about our tech stacks on these calls. We're like, hey, like we're using this. Here's our GitHub. Like this is how everything works, and this is how we build things on the design side. It's like you know, we're all about Figma. Like we're gonna use Figma together, and we have like you know, onboarding documents that explain the processes and workflows behind these things to just make the relationship that much better. Like you can over communicating at the beginning and setting expectations is gonna go so far to just strengthen that relationship and increase the amount of awesome work that you can do together. Oh yeah, exactly. And uh, like you mentioned, over-communicating. I think it's good to over-communicate. I mean, not, you know, I don't do that often, but it's something I should improve on anyway. And, but over-communicating, it's better to over-communicate than, you know, than don't. And because then you miss out about some potential really key uh, element that you were expecting, but because you didn't communicate, the agency didn't deliver. Yeah. It's a two-way street though. You know what I mean? Like I'm all obviously on the end of the agency and, you know, we have clients that come on board and I always ask them, we're like, Hey, how much time are you going to dedicate to this? And that's a really eye-opening question because uh, some people don't think about it. They're like, "Oh, I thought you were going to solve this problem for me." Or like, "Well, yeah, but like, I can't make all the decisions. I need, you know, there needs to be an open line of communication, and you need to be able to respond to our questions, or you're going to delay things, and we're going to hit, we're going to miss timelines, and there's, we can't work sometimes without input." Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Um, so, what are some other things uh, that you wanted to share with the audience that I forgot to ask you about today? Well, I, I think uh, that one of the biggest lessons that I learned potentially while doing, you know, big site-wide tests, and here I talk maybe for, uh, uh, for merchants that actually have the possibility to do big site-wide tests, is to always have secondary KPIs to track on. Because I remember once we did a really big test and, you know, the main KPI was actually skyrocketing. You know, we were trying to improve subscription opt-in rate and the subscription opt-in rate was going really, really well. So we said, whoa, amazing. That's great. But then we didn't really track some other secondary KPIs. So, for example, the churn rate on day zero and some other um, secondary metrics. And at the end, uh, we had to roll back to the actually original uh, um, control variation and don't implement the variation because actually wasn't performing as good as we thought. So that's, I think, one of the biggest lessons that I learned, which is before actually implementing the kind of winning variation, make sure that all your secondary KPI are also on track and that you don't, you know, you never overlook something that you were before thinking that could work out. Oh, that's a that's a great advice right there. Everyone's always uh, super impressed by the vanity metrics, which is usually like traffic or conversion rate or you know even top line revenue. But you got to make sure that you know the secondary KPIs, which are more probably quality related, uh, make sure that the traffic you're getting is the right traffic. Make sure that the people are actually you know becoming customers instead of just like a one and done. Uh, yeah, there's a lot more to it. And the one thing about it is, it's it's a little a little bit of art and a little bit of science to it. It's it's a pretty fun little area of e-commerce that I'm always glad to have people on uh, to educate me about it. I wouldn't say that I'm a CRO specialist by any means. Uh, I definitely understand user experience, uh, and I always have probably great ideas. But uh, it's fun to learn more about it. 
Oh yeah, exactly. And then one last thing I would say that, you know, I think everyone should be, uh, should start testing as soon as possible. Even if you don't have the possibility maybe to test, like I mentioned before, you could even buy, you know, you could even look at your low hanging fruit that maybe comes out from uh, analytics or from uh, if you use Hotjar to track, I don't know, specific uh, um, qualitative feedback, start testing and try to, you know, understand what's working and what's not working. So like I mentioned before, even with Unbounce, you could test to completely different landing page and understand, okay, what's the angle that works best for your type of audience. Absolutely. So as we round out the podcast here, uh, you're doing a lot of really cool stuff. Um, and also in your free time, I know that you're an educational partner uh, and you are launching a course in Italian. Uh, I mean, also, I'd plug your podcast as well. So everyone can kind of go check it out if they want to you know, learn more about Shopify in Italian. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> I don't know how many of my listeners are in Italy, but I can look it up. And it's always wild to me. That's the cool thing about this podcast is there are listeners all over the world. And it just surprises me that people actually care about the content that I put out. It's, it's, I thank you, everybody. I don't say that as enough as I should. <laughs> yes. Well, you have one for sure from Italy, which is me. And then others, I don't know. But probably yes. Awesome. Well, what's, what's the podcast so people can search for it? It's actually called e-commerce talks. So kind of... Uh... <laughs> Easy, easy word, but it was the first one that I had in mind when I launched it during lockdown in, back in March together with the course. So it should be there. Awesome. We'll make sure to put that in the show notes. Uh, anything else before we go? Nope. That's, that's it from my end. Awesome. Uh, everyone, all the stuff we chatted about, will be, uh, we'll link to it in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all that awesome insight about CRO and A-B testing. Uh, Nico, you have a great day. Thanks, you. Thanks. Thanks, you too. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their journey and knowledge with us today. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our businesses. Links and more information will be available in the show notes as well. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, feel free to reach out and learn more at electriceye.io slash connect. Also, make sure you subscribe and leave an amazing review. Thank you.